Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Morning Crew. Today, we are getting into a very juicy, juicy topic, and we also have a guest, which will be very exciting, our first guest ever, Um, but I did just want to kind of follow up on our last episode. We had, I think, since then, Father's Day slash also my mom's birthday, Um, and honestly, I just wanted to say that I feel like everything my therapist was like telling me into the week kind of came true of like, it's just a day, it's just another day and you can do whatever you want on that day and it doesn't have to be attached to like sadness and grief. It can be whatever you want it to be. And I, and like I said, it's kind of layered because this year was my mom's birthday on Father's Day. And so I tried to balance the two of like, still honor anything if I did want to about my dad on that day. Um, which in my case, I think like I enjoyed getting flowers for myself. And then sometimes in the years past, I'll like go to the gravesite and like share the, like split the flowers between the gravesite and then my, and then my room. But this time I was like, I'm not, I don't even want to go to the gravesite really. Like I just want to like keep all the flowers <laughs> to myself. Um, and then I went to a friend's like, dad's barbecue which was super great who has been like a role model in my life um and they've always invited me to their house um during that day but then it was then I had to like rush back because family was decided to last minute surprise my mom on her birthday and I was like ah okay so then I like drove back um they came over and then we ended up seeing Top Gun at night the new Top Gun um and it was amazing and I went to group chat this or I went to text the group chat and talk about all the amazing things of the movie I was obsessed my mom was obsessed my cousins were obsessed um so it was really cool yeah it like ended up being just an actual like fun day in a sense um and more celebratory I think than like sad so that's just my father's day update That's great that you were able to lean into what your therapist had said about like you don't have to force yourself to feel sad that day or feel pressure to feel sad and that, hell yeah, you kept the flowers for your room and you did things still to honor him and you enjoyed the day and you still celebrated your mom and you still celebrated the father figure in your life and your friends. It sounds like that's such a good balance of a day and a way to like take care of yourself and fill the day and make it feel happy. So I think that's a fantastic update and loved getting the text when you told us you finally saw the new Top Gun. I'm just going to trying to think now how to find, um, figure out how to put Top Gun in every episode moving forward because I feel like we keep referencing yeah, exactly. it. I feel like now it's, it's like, going to be my goal to like mention it every single time. Yeah. Try to find the tie-in like each time. Slip it in like a little Easter egg. Well, as you guys might be able to hear, I'm kind of sick. Um, so I will probably not be – I'll probably mute a little bit so that I don't cough in everyone's ears. Um, but I guess my uh, – I mean, that's my life update. I have mono, I think. So nothing really that exciting is uh, 
as uh, as last time. But um, Kathy, I really liked the flower tradition. But I, and like whenever you said that you would give him half and take half home, I think that that's really cool. Um, how how long have you been doing that for? Um, I think it was like a couple of years where I decided to like. I don't know. I think I've seen my mom do it actually with her mom. And that was an influence on me because I hadn't, I don't think I thought about it until I saw that happen, which was like high school. But this didn't really happen until like after college, I think when I was like at home more. Um, And like, I was trying to, again, it was just more of like trying to cheer myself up and think about how like the gravesite was just a place. And like, it almost felt like taking a piece of that home with me or like it's not like he's not just there or like I can't just like speak to him when I'm there I can like speak to him wherever I would want if that's something like people want to do and and I know it's something that I do like more internally not outwardly um but yeah so I think that that was something just recently honestly that's so interesting that that's just something you picked up on from your mom. And I really mm-hmm. like that also, like both symbolically, literally everything there. I think that's really cool. Yeah. What are your guys' updates? I know it's been a while. Yeah. So I have a couple really random ones. Um, one just that I completely forgot to mention when I was talking about the year anniversary of my mom's passing, as well as the episode where we talked about kind of unique ways and ideas for people to support you, because it came through on the year anniversary day. Um, It's one of my sister's really good friends, Taylor, and she had this approach during the whole ending time when my mom was sick, where she would just throughout the days, randomly text my sister, really uplifting, positive, random, fun facts, like just to distract her or make her smile. And she did the same thing, like without being prompted on the year anniversary. And these are things you can tell this girl is like researching to find. (laughs) Like, did you know that the voice actors for Mickey and Minnie ended up becoming a couple? Or like, did you know that like the size of a whale's heart is like (laughs) the size of a grand piano? Like all these really adorable, thoughtful things. And it was just like, it kind of like broke through, you know, of course it's great if everyone wants to text like really nice, thoughtful things. Like I'm thinking of you or this, but instead of kind of the age old question of like, how are you doing? It was a really unique approach for her to just know it was going to make my sister smile. And she didn't care if she responded or not. And then it became a thing where she'd be like, Taylor sent me another fact and we would be excited to like hear what the next fun fact was. So when she did that and we were talking, I just was like, I have to share this on the podcast because I think that's such a creative, sweet approach to being comforting and just wanting to make someone smile. I've never heard of that. That's a lot of work, but kudos to Taylor for that. Shout out to her. (laughs) Shout out to Taylor. And then the other like random update I wanted to give is So listening back, um, I was talking to my dad a little bit and he was like, hey, so no worries. And like, I don't want to like say anything, but I also just want to let you know, you guys were talking about like Gemini parents like last episode (laughs) and I'm a Gemini. And I was like, oh my God, I had no idea you were a Gemini. As I expressed, I I don't, I'm not in touch with like the different horoscope whatevers. And he's like, and, you know, they were saying some things about being unreliable and I feel like I'm pretty reliable. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yes, dad. Yes. So I just really deeply want to set the record straight 
that and prove that maybe it's a difference between because what you guys both said, your moms were Gemini. So maybe it's a mom thing versus a dad thing, or this is just like the outlier. But I want to go on record and say my dad is as reliable as they come, both like emotionally physically like I am always my whole life been able to rely on him he has so much routine he's very steady like he's always emotionally available and then some and it was very gentle how he brought this up and I just felt so bad that I didn't connect the dots that he was also a Gemini and zero shade to those who have the true Gemini qualities but I just wanted to talk about that Oh my gosh, Mr. Rothhouse, I'm so sorry. Oh, I was actually just going to ask if you guys' parents listened. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. No. Oh my My gosh, no, he did not take it at all. Yeah. (laughs) My dad definitely does. And so I didn't even know he knew he was a Gemini, you know, I was just like surprised that he connected those dots before I did. Um, but yeah, no, no, no shade, no issue. Obviously it was like half kidding and all fun and games, but I did just want to go on record and say that. That's hilarious. So those are my little updates. That is hilarious. (laughs) It's also Mads' um, dad. Oh, so so it's not a gender thing. Yeah. Maybe your dad is just the alpha liar. Yeah. You know, we've got to keep polling people to see if there are other Gemini parents out there in the crowd and if we can get some more data on this. Yes. But yeah, so that concludes the updates from me, at least for this week. I think we should get into it. Yeah, agreed. Um, that's a great segue, I guess. Uh, going into a kind of I guess relevant topic is I feel like I am seeing so many weddings on my Instagram feed or people that are getting ready to or that are getting ready to go on like bachelorettes or they're going to bridal showers, like all wedding things. Definitely at the age like that we're at that it's more prevalent for sure. And actually, it's interesting because weddings is what Kelsey and I recorded our practice episode on when I was still going through people of who I want to select on who to co-host and stuff. And so we did a kind of a whole practice episode on this. So I'm sure things from that episode will bring up, um, which is really funny. But I think that there was like so much we could talk about and also from such differing sides um, in terms of like thinking about weddings, planning weddings, being guests at weddings, and those experiences. Um, So that I know that that was something that was almost like super easy to talk about. But obviously, we are all not planning one currently. Um, But we there was still like a lot of thoughts there. Yeah, it's crazy to think back that that was my tryout episode, for lack of a better word. And yeah, even though, and I said that right off the bat when we were doing it, even though I couldn't be further from personally getting married, it was crazy still how much the thought of my future wedding came to me so quickly as like when my mom passed away, even though again, like I'm so far from that, but just knowing that's such a milestone and such a moment, you know, women especially in some way or another do think about Um, being a guest at weddings, like right after, especially a close family's wedding was the first wedding I went to. And she was like very excited for that wedding, was invited to that wedding. She made all of our plans for that wedding. So going to that a few months later was pretty tough. And then the next wedding I went to was a wedding of a friend, um, beautiful wedding, shout out to her. But 
she had um, her dad passed away when she was in high school as well. So there was a lot of, you know, cool ways she honored him, but it was just something that was present. So um, I'm excited to like get into all of that today and get into the actual perspective of planning a wedding when you have lost somebody. So Kathy, if you can introduce our lovely guests for today. Yes. So we have my friend Claire, who is our first guest on the morning crew, which is very exciting. Yay. And here to talk about wedding planning perspective, having gone through a loss on her own. Um, And then just for background, Claire and I know each other from a organization uh, from college called Camp Kesem, which is a nonprofit that puts on a week-long summer camp um, for kids whose parents have been affected by cancer. So obviously her and I were very much um, empathetic towards the cause and could relate to it and was something that was very important to us. I would speak for both of us on that account um, in college. And Claire was much more involved with it and for a longer time than I was, but that's how we met. And we also have camp names. So Claire's is Puka, which you can explain where that came from. I don't know, actually. And mine is Roo, which is literally just a shortened version of a kangaroo because I just saw one and I thought it was cute. And I went with that. Um, And so... There are just like so many times in camp where we have only, I mean, and in life where we only reference each other through our camp names. So it's really weird for me to even be calling her Claire because in my phone, like in everything, like it's always Puka. So this is Puka, aka Claire. (laughs) Well, hello. Thank you all for having me. Um, I literally binged all the episodes this weekend and was so excited to listen to them. Um, Like Kathy said, we um, started to be, you know, we became friends in Camp Kesem and camp really emphasizes sharing and, and it's the, the duality of your grief, but also having fun at the same time. So I think this podcast is so great and sort of combines the two and helps you move forward. So woohoo, I'm here. And the reason that we have you on is because you are in the middle of planning a wedding, which, by the way, when is the actual date of your wedding? Yeah, um, my wedding is August 12th, so it is coming up. Oh. It is soon. (laughs) Very soon. Congratulations. That is so exciting. Congratulations. Congrats again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. How are you feeling overall? Are you feeling prepared? Are you feeling overprepared, underprepared? You know, you you really only get married once. So, (laughs) and there's a lot riding on the day, but then there's also, you don't really have any reference to other experiences like it. So, even if you plan like a really big birthday rager, it's not the same as a wedding. So don't really have anything to compare it to. I feel like I'm prepared, but also I'm super type A and don't feel like I'll ever be prepared. But for the event itself, for getting married to Robert, my fiance, very prepared, love him, excited to be his wife. <laughs> Is this a wedding? was going to happen pre-COVID and you had to reschedule or did this happen more recently? Uh, We got engaged in July. So 
we picked our date. We haven't rescheduled, knock on wood. We don't need to, but yeah. Where's the wedding at? In Saratoga, um, in California. So I'm from the Bay Area and Rob's, I mean, we both live in the Bay Area now, um, but he's from Southern California. So all of his family is going to come up. Nice. But yeah. So we're we're getting married at my family church. You know, I can just get into some of the some maybe some of the planning. Yeah. So we're getting married at my family church and I think when I started thinking about actually getting married to Rob and or really just getting married in general, that was top priority um getting married at that church cuz that's where my dad's ashes are interned. Um so a little background of my grief journey. Um, my dad died when I was 12, the same age as Kathy, also got my period like a couple <laughs> weeks after. I know Kathy did as well. Um, so <laughs> I don't know how it works like that. but That's bonds, you guys. No so, wonder you're yeah, friends. Right? That is as bonding of an experience as like, you could possibly have. So his ashes are there. So I, I wanted, you know, I know wherever I get married, he's going to be there with me, but it's also special to have the the physical place and be able to, you know, put flowers in the columbarium and, and visit him while I get married. One of the, like we've said, one of the biggest milestones that you, you have in your life. How else have you, yeah, how, that you factored in in the planning? Because like how, I would be curious to hear how much you've been thinking about this, how much you want to be honoring him publicly Mm. in the ceremony versus privately, just you or just you and your fiance and family. Yeah. So the flowers definitely, the columbarium, columbarium, um, uh, and then the church itself, we also the woman who who led the service for my my dad's passing or for the funeral, she's going to be the the priest who marries us. So at least, you know, Robert hasn't met my dad, but, you know, at least someone at the altar has met him. So in me, obviously. Wow, I've never but, thought about that. That's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That is really cool. So special in that, you know, she was there in one of the lowest moments, but also there in one of the highest, best days ever to come August 12th. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Other things I, I'm, we're still working through the ceremony, but you know, the, the service will be dedicated to my, my dad. Um, I've also lost three out of my four grandparents. Rob's lost a grandparent, you know, we'll be dedicating it to the people that we wish were there. Um, and we know that they're there, they're there in spirit. Have you thought about like the traditions or are you like doing any of the traditions with other people, putting a twist on them or just like kind of getting rid of any of those, like, you know, father, daughter traditions altogether? Mm-hmm. Cause that's something I've thought about too. Yeah. I think thinking about weddings, it's sort of. that basis of father daughter is so ingrained because it's like oh my little girl's growing up it's such the mythos of like she's growing up and becoming a woman and I think I have already passed that or I feel like I already you know I already grew up I already yeah my dad died so I'm not I'm not becoming a woman in that right um 
also, I don't think you become a woman when you get married, but um, I think keeping, you know, thinking of those traditions in that sense, I think you fall into like, oh, well, we want to have the father daughter dance or walk you down the aisle. But something that I think of, you know, like I, I don't need that and I don't need to even, even replace it. I can either walk myself down the aisle or I want my mom and my brother to walk me down the aisle or, you know, for the, the father daughter dance, I'll, we don't even need to have it <laughs> or Rob can dance with his mom at the, the same time. So I think they're. I've had so much time to think about it. And I, when I was little, I definitely thought about it a lot more. And I was fat, like fixated on that idea of, okay, who's going to walk me down the aisle? Like super, super fixated on that. Not even in a relationship, not even married, you know, not even engaged. But now I'm not, not as fixated because I'm like, oh, I just want to get married. It's just, it's a milestone in, in itself and not the, the exact traditions that I'm looking for. Like once you actually had the man that you were going to marry and you can envision what the marriage looked like, the mm -hmm. little details of the wedding didn't connect yeah. as much, which that, that, that makes sense. And that you, the whole idea that like things can be a bigger deal in your head. And then when it actually mm -hmm. comes to be, Kathy, do you think about the walking down the aisle thing? Have you, would you say that you fixated on that or fixated on the dance? Or do you try to like also not think about it in those terms? Yeah. Like it's crazy. Cause I feel like I felt the same exact way of when I was younger, I it was fixated on it so much more of like, well, who's going to do that? Like in the future, it was like always kind of in the back of my mind, almost like so much so. And I was like, 12 years old. It's crazy to think that I was already thinking about that at that age. Um, and then I was like, once I had this like kind of father figures in my life, I was like, okay, there will be somebody that can. And then I think it was like, even later on, when I was in maybe college or something, I was like, wait, why do I even need a man, like a male figure to be walking me down the aisle? Like for also like, the only parent in my life that has like fully raised me is my mom. So if anyone's going to be doing that, it's going to be her. And I don't have any siblings. So obviously it would just be my mom walking me down. And I was like, why did I never think that it would just be my mom? Like there was this societal kind of, I guess, expectation that a male walks you down the aisle and not even to get into that, but just, it's just weird that I had never even thought that my mom would be the person. But now that's exactly who I think, I would still want that um, for, with her for sure. Um, and it's definitely not the top of my mind anymore. I do think being a guest at other weddings, and I'd be interested to hear your perspective, Claire, on this, is like as an adult and going to my first weddings with my friends getting and seeing my first friend getting married, I was really nervous about witnessing like the father-daughter dance and the father-daughter first look because I was in the weddings. So that was another thing that I was like, I don't know if I can be in the room for that. And it was these like first ones that I was encountering that I felt like, how am I going? I didn't know how I was going to react. Whereas in other situations, I could kind of predict how it was going to go or could kind of handle it. And so I think those, that was where, those are the situations where I was like, okay, 
I need to kind of mentally prepare myself in a sense, but you really just don't know how you're going to feel. Yeah. I think the first, what, so the first wedding that I went to, um, as an adult and during the father daughter dance, I wasn't thinking about it too much. And then the next couple weddings that I went to, once I started dating Rob, I, it was hyper aware because I, I knew I loved him, knew that I wanted to marry him. And then I started thinking of like, oh, I'm, I'm never going to have this. You know, it's not going to be like a mama Mia situation where my dad shows up. Like he's, he's not coming. So <laughs> like I, so I, I knew I wasn't going to have it and would definitely cry each time. But, you know, like I just said, with my plan- planning, I don't feel like it's super needed. It's just the loss of what I, I know I can never have. Um, and it's interesting, Kathy, that you you had the same reaction when you were younger. Like, who's going to walk me down the aisle? It's like such a, a tangible thing that you see in movies or you see in at weddings yourself. You're like, oh, that's the role of the father for my adulthood. You know, my, my adulthood as a woman and I guess now as an adult, you think, well, no, that's not that's not his role because, first of all, he wasn't there because he was dead. But also, you know, you you don't need to have him do that. You don't need any yeah. anyone to do that. I was just thinking that maybe it was some it's something about like the maybe there's something about the loss when it's fresh of like fixating on things like that so quickly soon after, because I was going to say, I think Kelsey, you've mentioned like that, how that was like kind of one of your first thoughts after losing your mom. And it's just so weird how like a wedding or wedding things like pop into your brain right when you're experiencing a huge loss, apparent loss also. Yes, definitely. Like, and you know, on the flip side with the mom, the traditions are more the like helping you get ready in the morning and like having you go wedding dress shopping and helping you with planning. And I know it's something my mom would have been so excited to be a part of. And it's just that notion. I think it's a very symbolic notion of something where you go through your life assuming that you're poor people are going to be there at your wedding. And because of society and because of all those reasons, women especially are thought to think about their wedding. And it's just like such a tangible example. Like, of course, there's going to be, sadly, like a million other moments that I wish she would be there for that she won't be there for. But for whatever reason, pretty early on, it was like, oh my God, like my mom will not be at my wedding. She'll not be a part of that process. She will have never met the person that I'm going to marry. And it, it felt weird at first because I was so far from it. Like I wasn't really seeing anyone super seriously at that time or like close to it or thinking I was ready to get married. But because of those pressures and ideas and it's something that's so photographed and it's something that's posted on social media and it's in movies and it's supposed to be this big milestone emotional moment you have in your life. And to then feel like it's gone. I think it was just something very easy for my brain to grasp onto of something that I was going to be missing right away because it's one of those things that are in your face so much. Yeah. I, I mean, you when you lose someone, you don't think of, oh man, I 
can't believe we're going to miss out on going to Cold Stone on Tuesday, April right. 20th. <laughs> yeah. you know? Like you think, oh, they're not going to be at my wedding. They're not going to be at the birth of my kids. Right. You know, those, those big things. Cause you don't, you don't know what's going to happen in the in-betweens. Exactly. So it's the easiest thing to latch on to. And I'm curious, Claire, because of that one wedding that I went to where um, her dad had passed away, she did things like she had an empty seat with flowers. She dedicated a song to him. Um, You know, there were little things she implemented in the ceremony. I want to say, you know, she picked out a certain food because it was a favorite food of his. Like, I'm curious if you're doing any of those little detail things in your wedding kind of in honor of your dad or if you found anything like that even helpful or necessary. Yeah. Um, I, I, truthfully, there's so many details for a wedding that I I feel underwater already with just the basics. But I... I think planning the wedding with my mom and help walking through her wedding with my dad was very helpful. You know, I I think that has been a great, a a source of understanding for, for both of us. So maybe not for the wedding itself, um, you know, the small details, but knowing like our, our wedding colors were both green. You know, my, my parents' wedding color was green. Mine's green. It's, cute little thing like that. But just hearing from my mom, you know, the other things that they included with their wedding and how, you know, he's not here to, to, to speak up and, and say, oh, well, we we really want this punch at the wedding. Um, like we did, but knowing that my mom is here and, and talking about it has been really helpful. Um, I think it also, I mean, just on the topic of my mom and planning the wedding with her has also really helped me see and give me more perspective on my, on her relationship with my dad Um, and how, honestly, how shitty it would be if your partner died (laughs) or got sick and died. And I have such a greater sense of empathy and patience for her, even while planning a wedding that I uh, didn't think I would come out of a planning a wedding and, and gain. That's a super thoughtful and interesting takeaway from that, that the closer you are to marriage and what that would feel like for you is helping you realize what a loss that is for a widow. And I Definitely think I've subconsciously taken that in because my parents were so in love and had this tight, amazing marriage, did everything together and seeing the loss through my dad's eyes. And like, I think it is subconsciously factoring into being not scared of getting married because that's not accurate, but just like aware that that's something that can happen and just like the older you get and the more you understand those close relationships and what that means to lose that person. It's like it, we've said in the very beginning, it's kind of shitty to compare degrees of grief and loss. But if you were to kind of rank like, yes, of course, a parent is deeply horrible, but the loss of a a spouse and like your life partner, I feel like is really high Mm -hmm. up there. And I think once I have kids, like I'll also understand what's it, what it's like to, what it could be, you know, what it could be like, knock on one, that does not happen. But if I lose 
say, Robert, how will I care for my kids? So that's definitely brought my mom and I closer together while wedding planning. How has Rob, like, has he supported you or like had any kind of opinion with like, you know, I guess honoring your dad or any feelings surrounding about your dad, like around this time? Is that something like you've kind of communicated with him or did he ask you about it? I'm super interested to hear if there's been anything on that. Yeah. I think Rob has always been, Rob has a super high EQ and just, he's great. 10 out of 10, 10, I will marry him. (laughs) And he has always been very vocal and supportive of, you know, my membership of Dead Dads Club. (laughs) So he talks about my dad. He brings him up. He'll say, oh, hey, you know, like, oh, your dad would have loved that. He never met my dad, but probably. (laughs) So that's so sweet. I I know. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think on our like second date, I told him everything. I was like, yeah, my dad died. Yeah, but yeah, literally laid it all out. So I think he's been very, very supportive, very open to everything. Um, I said, we're getting married in at this church. And he said, okay. I said, we're getting married by this woman. He said, okay. Um, but I think he also... You know, he challenges me on realizing that my dead dad is not everything about me. It's not everything about our relationship. And how can we together move forward and make this wedding about us and the future family that we'll have and and bring our families together? Um, so not just making this like, like another memorial service where I wear white. Yeah, that's a great Point and he sounds fantastic. So very happy for you. We love a guy with a high EQ. Feel like can be hard to come by. <laughs> um, I'm curious what your relationship is like with your soon to be father in law, and if that's been a relationship where you felt like you've gotten a little bit of like a father figure comfort, um, or maybe you know they don't live nearby. You don't see him as much. I'm just curious, like if you found anything different in that relationship. Yeah. Um, they don't live near super nearby. They live in Southern California, so we don't see them too often, but I love his dad. I remember meeting him for the first time, maybe like super early, like a couple weeks after Rob and I started dating, but we also like dove right into it. We started dating and we're like, this is it. So met his dad. Um, and I remember coming out of that conversation or out of that meeting and honestly in tears, just crying because I was overwhelmed meeting a dad, you know, a future, perhaps father-in-law, another father figure, realizing that my dad will never meet Rob. So that realization was really tough. Um, But I think Rob's dad has been super supportive. He's a lot like Rob, um, really charismatic guy, just and high EQ and really wants to support in whatever way he can. Um, I have thought, you know, about like the father daughter dance, like having his dad do that dance and honestly doesn't feel right. So I'm not going to do that. You know, it's just whatever feels right and you'll do it. (laughs) 
A thousand percent. I feel like we always say whatever is feeling right to you is the right way to approach anything. Like if it feels right to do something that maybe also maybe it didn't feel right to you like a month ago, but it feels right to you now. Like just do that in terms of supporting yourself and honoring like your own decisions. And also at the end of the day, it is literally I don't care what anyone says. It's literally your day. And so you get to do whatever you want to do. I know. I know. It's 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 for about both of you. But I also think it's mainly about you. Yeah. So I think you get to get you get to choose whatever you want to do. I've had many calls with different vendors and, you know, Rob's helping, but no, he's helping a lot. Oh, that's good. It is, it is our day, but yeah, it's also my day. <laughs> Definitely. Well, Claire, I want to be aware of your time, um, but just want to really appreciate you coming on and talking about this. I know it's something the three of us now are kind of used to talking about, but it can be really hard and it's you know very vulnerable to just like come onto a public platform and talk to two people you've never met in your life about all of this. But <laughs> really appreciate you sharing that since all of us are very far from planning our own <laughs> weddings and just appreciate your honesty and being open about it. And I hope you have the most amazing day. Um, very happy for you. So thank you so yes. much. Yeah, congratulations. Well, thank you all. Thank you all for having me. Of course. Yeah, I love the podcast. Um long time listener of a couple days, but I love, I love it. So I'm going to be a long time listener for a while. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's so nice. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Claire. Seriously. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Kathy, thank you for bringing Claire on. It was very fun to have another voice and to hear somebody's perspective who's currently planning a wedding. And I think it was really interesting to hear how it was something she really fixated on, like at the beginning of the loss, certain elements, and that once it actually came, she was so much more focused on the the marriage and and everything else, but that she's finding ways to honor, but not let it take over the whole day. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, um, it was it was really great to have her on. And I think that um, the other piece that I really liked that she said was um, how her fiance keeps her from making it like a memorial where she's wearing white, like the same, like it that the wedding is still about them while honoring um, her father. But I feel like sometimes everything, especially when you're trying to make everybody happy and figure everything out, like it can feel all encompassing. And so I like it's it's I liked that comment by her a lot that that's something they're aware of. Yeah, I feel like I have some other friends that are getting married. Um, and I know one in particular where I'm like, I wonder if the thought is just almost too much of like incorporating the loss of their parent into it. Like it, it they really don't even want to like dampen the day at all and not have anything ev- even like remotely mentioned. It's a really interesting perspective because they feel like it can definitely go both ways of like, you really want that person to be honored, almost like literally being present there as in Claire's situation, or you could go like, I don't want any sort of mention because I want this day to not be filled with like tears of that or any sort of like memory of that and just be filled and focused on marriage and joy and happiness. Not to say that that can't happen with all of those things being honored, but I just think that it's, you could really like, I don't know, just have such completely different perspectives on it. 
Definitely. And I think it it also can be a different perspective if the loss is a non-parent, like from the perspective of, like I mentioned that first wedding that I went to, they were my cousins getting married and um, they were really sweet. Like my mom had passed only a few months beforehand. And in the ceremony, the person marrying them just kind of said a little something like, we want to acknowledge those who can't be here with us today and read out the names and like called out her name first. And, um, you know, there, there were like little things like that. So Mads with your grand, with your, both your grandpas, I'm wondering if you've thought about that. Cause obviously it's the like non-parents are not as like deeply entwined in these crazy traditions, but presence at a wedding still is huge, whether it's a sibling or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle. So is that something you've thought about? I know you've maybe referenced kind of like some, a little bit of jealousy intertwined in there too. Yeah. Um, I know for my sister's wedding, we ended up getting an old like jean denim shirt of Papa's and had sewn it um, into her dress. Um, and we, no, we had a little, we were going to do that. We had a little bouquet charm that I actually have here and it, um, it has a picture of us with Papa and then it has a pic, um, his, uh, his shirt. And they're like stuck there and we put it on her bouquet. Um, And that was very, very cool. Um, And then she actually gave that same shirt to my cousin to use for her wedding in October. So it's kind of like all the cousins are kind of something like borrowed or something, you know, um, as well as as something blue. blue Yeah, exactly. You could do all the things. So um, that's pretty cool. Um, Yeah, I liked that a lot. But I knew I was interesting because when we were talking about it it's almost like there are these like expectations that you have to do that almost I feel like my sister not like have to but like that sounds terrible but like you will like there's expectations that whenever you're thinking like that's something you think about now and um I remember having conversations with my sister when she was like thinking about it and like you know it was kind of like a thing like she had to make a point to say it not that not not that that sounds like you know shitty but like you just it's it's something that you think about now which is interesting I remember in, um, I think it was in one of the This Is Us episodes when Kate is getting married, and I don't know if it's one of Jack's like shirts or um, jackets or something that she also does in, in her wedding dress too. And I remember like, I don't know if it was getting lost or something, but there was like a drama around the episode because they couldn't find the shirt and it was like really important for her to have that shirt in her dress, um, which I thought was also like a really cool way. I don't know why I hadn't thought of that at all, but um, I think that's just a cool way to incorporate it because it's like literally that person is also with you walking you down the aisle if that's how also you would want to view that. Yeah, that is um, really interesting. And it reminded me of, um, so my grandpa Mitchell was still um, alive for my sister's wedding. And so whenever we were kind of going through his things, um, one thing my sister was looking for and that she wanted was the tie that he wore to her wedding um, because it's in all the photos and things. And so I thought that was a really cool like memento or thing that she thought about in that moment to be like, you know, like she took the tie that he was wearing as she got married. So I thought that was pretty cute too. I think that is so cute and I love the This Is Us reference and it just shows all the different creative ways of doing it and like sewing something into a dress or a bouquet or I'm sure there are other alternatives for like a suit if, you know, like for the guy side of things or, you know, whatever you want to wear. I know um, from the wedding perspective, it's actually reminding me that Um, one of the last weekends, my family was all together and my mom was still like with us. Like she was definitely sicker. Um, 
I was, we had just cleaned out something and I found like a box of some of her wedding items that she had saved, like maybe like their announcement in the paper and old invitations and little accessories. And I remember it was something we were able to kind of all sit together and go through and kind of talk about. And it was very, I feel very lucky that that kind of coincided and we were able to do that. Of course, we had talked about their wedding, you know, on and off, you know, around their anniversary and throughout their life. My sister and I went through a phase where we were like fascinated watching their wedding video because it was like all these people we knew, but we weren't alive yet. And it was our parents before (laughs) we were there. And that was super, you know, cute and fun to see. But um, looking back and just like tying it into the theme of weddings and how meaningful it is, like, I think that's I'm glad I at least was able to know a lot about the wedding. And I, of course, I'm sure when it comes time to plan the wedding, there'll be a million things that I wish she would be there for to be able to ask her, like how Claire was referencing, like she was incorporating things in her wedding based off of her parents' wedding. But I'm confident that, you know, for anybody listening out there that, and for all of us that will find our unique ways that make sense to us to incorporate that person and, even though it's something that it's easy to fixate on as this like gaping hole. And Kathy, I know you've mentioned too, like even just as a guest, you feel like everyone else is thinking it or everyone else is noticing or everyone else is hyper aware and it's almost like waiting for it. But it's like taking ownership of it and finding a way to make it meaningful to you. Like, of course, is there going to be like sadness and awareness and something you're going to think of? Yes, but finding unique ways that are meaningful, I think is kind of the best path forward. Yeah, that was beautifully said. Um, and I think like, I, I, again, I kind of reference this, it's almost this anticipatory once again, like, of what is going to happen when that time comes, or also like, when you're for me, it was that first wedding of my friends of all of those moments, like, how am I going to feel versus just letting me feel whatever I feel. And I literally like, I think I, I, I said this in our practice episode, I like exited the room when the father daughter dance came on because I was like so scared of how I was going to react. But then double whammy, it was also um, the song You'll Be In My Heart by Phil Collins, which was my song at my quinceanera that I danced with my fa- my friend's father during our father-daughter dance. So I was like double scared of like how I was, like the minute I started hearing the intro to that song, I like ran out of the room. Um, And it's so crazy because then I was like sort of peeking through the door. So outside into the ballroom and it was like a minute maybe of that song. And then it completely turned into a choreographed dance to I like to move it, move it. Um, by Matt, it, like the Madagascar. It was come, it was like they were making fun of like the seriousness of father-daughter dances. And then they were like, actually, we're not gonna be that sappy and we're gonna do like a choreograph uh choreographed dance. And it was so funny and so cool. And I'm so glad that I like saw it from the like little peek into the into the ballroom because, and I'm glad that I didn't fully like exit and like leave because then I could actually see it. And it was so sweet. And it was almost a reminder of like, it doesn't have to be so heavy all the time. Like you can make it something fun and light. And I thought that that was just a really good kind of lesson that I learned. And it was the first one. So then I was like, okay, like 
now having seen what people can do with this, like it, it's not always going to be tear. It was, I don't think it's always going to be tears for me once in a while. I do think it's going to be like emotional, um, definitely, but it was just like a, kind of a funny reminder. It was almost like a, like a little joke. Very symbolic and crazy that that was the first one you witnessed. And I was actually going to circle back and ask you, cause you referenced it when talking to Claire that that first time you just didn't know how you were going to feel. And I do remember from that episode that we recorded all those months ago that there was something that happened and it was emotional, but then that's right. It was that 180 of like, actually it can be light and it doesn't have to be so sad, but unbelievable that it was that song. Like, I I think that is also so crazy that it was that song. I know. Like that song is like so memorable to me. And so I was just like, really? Like of all the songs that they chose. But I do think it's one of those like, it could be re- reused so many times for those that type of dance or for those types of things. So it's not that much of a shock, but I was like, okay, really the first one? But then it got, I feel like joke was on me kind of thing. Like I actually exited the room and I should have just stayed to be closer to watch the dance that was like going on. So it's funny. But I, I also want to say that I think it's really cool that you stepped out because you knew that it was a moment that could have been really overwhelming for you. And instead of like wanting to be there or like have people, I know you've said you like, don't want people touching you and don't want people asking like, are you okay? Like in a moment like that. So I also think, I don't know, how old were you at this time? Um, I was probably like 24. Okay. Yeah. But that you yeah, knew yeah. you're like, I-, I think it's better that I just kind of, you know, do a quick little yeah. step outside. Yeah. And I think that that's like empowering to always remind you or like I was gonna ask did you step outside when your friend did the first look with her dad or did you stay in for that and what was that like yeah that was um no one had access to that or not not the like bridesmaids per se but the like her mom and her grandpa did and so she did first look with her dad and grandpa separately but the bridal party like wasn't there for that they wanted it to be a private moment which I was like that's good because I don't think I could have handled that one. Um, good, good. So, so you didn't yeah, have to yeah, physically yeah. see that, but you had yeah, the thought no. of like, oh, if I did need to be there for it, I would probably ask to maybe step out. And again, it, that's not even making it a big deal. That's just knowing yourself and your kind of like grief guardrails of like what you feel like you want to see and handle and what you don't. It's like going back to our movies, like we're not going to probably turn on a movie that we know is going to like activate like the exact grief we've experienced, like unless we're really in the mood to cry or something (laughs) like knowing like I'm not going to do that. Or like we've said on the Mother's Day and Father's Day, like we're not going to walk into those, you know, experiences and there's only so much you can control. But I do think knowing that that's always an option, like you can always just, you don't have to just sit there and smile and fake it a hundred percent of the time. Like if something is really you know, weighing on you that you are able to remove yourself from a situation. Yep. Yep. I think the, what you said, what was it called? Grief guardrail? Guardrail. That's what you called it. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a cool term. I like that. Yeah, I I like like that too. Start using that. Grief guardrails. I was visualizing like bumpers in a bowling alley and I was going to say bumpers, (laughs) but I'm really glad I said guardrails because that sounded way cooler than bumpers. The bumpers (laughs) is not a good word. It's not a sexy word. So yeah, grief guardrails. We'll go with that, that you should know when those, you know, you have your little protected lane and like, you know, you have a range that you can work through, but if it goes, I mean, yeah. I was going to say uh, wow, boundaries. Really? <laughs> boundaries. 
boundaries yeah. is the more commonly used word. Yes, yes. But if we're going with alliteration, grief guardrails sounds, I yeah. guess, a little like cooler. It. I guess I'll just share like one last thing just going into because maybe this is a really unique niche thing. But with that first wedding we went to, um, she was invited. She was so excited about it. She literally made our hotel reservation. Like I had to call the hotel and change the reservation from her name. Um, it's so it was such close family. Like she loved them and, you know, my cousin and who my cousin was marrying so much. And even just being a guest at a wedding and just want to like hone in on that. Like I know we've talked a lot about when it's your wedding, but being a guest at a wedding, like weddings are still emotional big moments. And especially when you're really close to someone and really around it, like that was definitely hard for us, especially because it was just so fresh. Like that was very fresh to be going. And of course, like we're all, it was an amazing wedding. Like one of the most amazing weddings I've ever been to so glad we went and it happened and everything. But because they were a COVID wedding, it was one that had COVID not happened, like she would have been there for it. And because of the COVID delay, like she she wasn't there for it. And it was one, even when she was super sick, she talked about how she was going to be there, even though, you know, we were all towards, you know, kind of thinking like, I don't know how that's going to work. But she was like, so determined to be there. So that was hard. And, you know, did definitely feel her there with us, but just want to acknowledge kind of the guest side of things and being invited. And I know there's going to be like other really close family members and close friends and probably some of her best friends, kids, weddings where like that will come up and just it's it's not as obvious and the day is not about you, but just kind of giving yourself the space to grieve and that balance where we talk about not overwhelming yourself with anticipatory grief, but also kind of allowing yourself like, yes, weddings are so happy and powerful and fun and drinking and dancing, but knowing that we just want to acknowledge that grief is intertwined kind of from all angles and viewpoints of weddings for better, for worse. <laughs> Get it? For better, for worse. It's like the Tell death do us part. <laughs> Tell death do us part. Literally. That should be the title of that should be the title. Yeah, it's, it reminds me of the rings of like, oh, like you don't realize how this loss is also permeating like outside of your bubble kind of thing. Like other people are also kind of like now to think about it, like maybe a cousin of mine that like would have really, really wanted my dad to be at her wedding. And I, I've never thought about that, to be honest, because I've been so consumed with my own, like to be honest and thinking about that now, it's so interesting. Like, wow, maybe other people do think about that, but they're obviously like not bringing it up to me directly, which is totally fine. But yeah, it does make you realize with the rings from the first episode that it does impact like such a larger circle and group of people. And again, to like Claire's point, it's not like you think about missing like, oh, like that weekly cold stone run it's it's the big moments and so it just is one of those things where it becomes more apparent and more in your face in those moments um yeah but also here's hoping and um like the dating episode where we said we'll provide updates if we start dating as mads did follow through <laughs> with it will definitely if we're still podcasting by the time it's time to get married we'll give updates and share how we're going to be personally incorporating 
our loved one into our weddings, but you guys might have to listen for quite a few oh, years before we get there. Season season five. Season five to ten but, yeah, might be like maybe eleven at this point. Maybe eleven. We'll see. But that's why we brought on Claire. Um, since she was able to speak to current day, some planning things and thought processes. Um, so it'd be fun from now, now and then to be able to bring in guests to kind of help fill in holes. We know there are so many other dimensions of grief that, you know, none of us have experienced and things that we talked about at the beginning of this, you know, whether it's things like a miscarriage or the loss of a child, like we know there are so many other layers of grief that none of us have experienced. So, we hope in the future to be able to bring on some guests, whether they're people we know or people who are more experts on the topic in time to just be able to speak to things that we're not going to pretend that we can speak to. So that was exciting to bring in somebody. Yeah. And yeah, so thank you, Kathy, for bringing her on. No problem. I feel like I have a couple of other people in mind for some other of those topics. Um, and then I think one big perspective is probably like a male perspective to have because I know that we're three females. Oh, men. I um, forget about men sometimes. <laughs> I know. I know. I tend to forget them too. Yeah, especially yeah. lately. Just um, kidding. All of our lovely guy listeners, I look at the analytics. We have a yes. handful. So thank you to Apologies all the men who to Mr. Mr. Rothhouse, especially, we're not trying to. Oh, yes, yes exactly. <laughs> more already, we're already there. in deep in hot water there. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but I do but think yes, a of, male yeah. perspective would be great one day. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Rothhouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can make it up to you. Oh, yeah. You know what? He – my gosh, that's so funny. I mean, he definitely has the perspective of a spouse and somebody who was yeah. in there. I never have thought about that, but – you know, he was actually calling me as we were recording this episode. So maybe next time when I call him back, I will ask him if that's <laughs> something he's interested in. Oh. Well, with that, I'll let you close it out, Kelsey, since, you know, you're just an expert with that. <laughs> oh, yes, it's been a bit, but um, we don't want to damage Mad's poor throat and vocal cords anymore. <laughs> but no, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to our first episode with a guest. You can follow us on Instagram at The Morning Crew. You can look up our Facebook group. I think we've still yet to receive an email, but if anyone's <laughs> listening and wants to send us an email at themorningcrew at gmail.com, we are ready and I'm waiting ready. to respond to an email. We're so ready. Um, and just follow, subscribe, share with a friend who is going, you know, going through something, like, review, all that good stuff. But we appreciate you guys for listening. And Mads, I hope you feel better. Thank you. See you guys next time. Bye. See you next time. Bye.